0: Hey everyone, welcome to the second episode of the Cheesy Controller Podcast. I'm your host, Anton LaPlatt. With me as always is... Jalen Roberts. And...
1: Chris Montabano.
0: And we have a jam-packed show for you guys this week. We'll be talking about the Overwatch Year of the Rooster event, Pokemon Banks Impact on Sun and Moon, uh, World of Warcraft's big 7.2 patch, Chris's experience with the much-anticipated Resident Evil 7, and the big Nintendo Switch reveal event that happened last week. Year of the Rooster is a celebration of Chinese New Year. <laughs> Chris died. Um, <laughs> Year of the Rooster is Overwatch's celebration of the Chinese New Year event. Um, a lot of characters got a lot of great epic skins, or legendary skins. Epic no, it's skins. epic. No. Apparently yeah. it's changed around, because I was watching a bunch of videos on that.
1: Really?
2: That. Yeah, okay, that makes like, sense. They're trying to color code it with I me. Mean, I'm war trying grabs. to get a
1: hold of this like epic legendary like name grasp. Yeah, it on
0: purple me. is epic.
2: That that doesn't even make sense for and blizzard. And
0: then yellow is legendary because they said the May skin in the Christmas event was a legendary skin and that was 3000 credits because it's 3 times as much and they were arguing that it would be much more worth the 750 asking price of an epic skin.
2: But right then that was also the skin that people didn't realize her abilities changed on it
1: right the fact that when you turn into instead of turning into ice you turned into a snowman
0: still still a bad skin um yeah it was all right i mean i got it and i got both of her lunar new year skins so
1: yeah i got one of them the uh purple white. yeah that one's I like that one better than a red
0: I like the red one the best just, I feel
1: like they overuse red and gold on every single skin it's I mean Chinese it sense, it's Chinese New Year. That's, I like yeah. the I just like the like change up on it so
0: I really like the junkrat skin because he's like uh fireworks I like the yeah. tracer skin because that's like the first black tracer skin since 40 which has been my like mainstay since I got the game right um bastion skins really good bastion seems to get Surprisingly good skins, pretty yeah, consistent. Um, Roadhog
1: skin. Roadhog really skin is dope. dope.
0: The new one.
1: Yeah, yeah, the new Roadhog skin.
0: That's one of the few. I'm only missing Roadhog, Symmetra, Diva, and Bastion, but I have everybody else's skin.
1: Yeah, I. I mean, out of all the ones that I. I mean, I only really have zenyatta and Symmetra's right now. I have but I have enough three k just to like I was like I will throw down if I cannot get this skin right. I you got hold on to that.
2: divas I have tracers I have roadhogs and I think that's it for me
0: diva tracer roadhog okay so let's not you sleep guys, on Reinhardt though Reinhardt I have is Reinhardt yeah. I have Vignata I have May both of them my, yeah. This event's been treating me well, but I've also spent $50 on this event just outright. (laughs) So that helps my chances. Um, So the new game mode that came out alongside all of these new skins, emotes, voice lines, highlight intros, victory poses, um, the new game mode that came out is Capture the Rooster, which is Overwatch's version of Capture the Flag, which is something fans have been asking for since the beta, but the the problem they had with implementing it is they thought that having character motion because like uh, certain characters have mobility abilities and a lot of characters don't. So like people like Symmetra and Ana and like well Junkrat has a movement ability, but just characters that don't have a way like a tracer can blink forward three times to a flag, right? Capture the flag and then recall back and be almost a quarter of the way back to your base. Um. So, they thought that would be a problem, but what they realized is fans of Overwatch are playing the game for the heroes. Right. So...
1: I mean, I've been. We played this match together. I made it as a Zenyatta, got a flag, and he floats as slow as possible. Right. So it's yeah. not like that. It's that big of a deal.
0: I feel like the same way. There was a meta that kind of came up for three v three elimination. I feel like there's going to be a small meta for capture the rooster because yeah. I there is like
2: there is it's Bastion is definitely up there some metro's popular yeah. Tracer yeah, Diva Lucio to Toby Horn yeah, Soldier yeah. Soldier
0: yeah. popular in everything
2: Yeah cuz Soldier yeah. hits like a truck and he yeah. can sprint
1: forever
0: Right Yeah So anything else on Lunar New Year?
1: No, no I mean a fantastic yeah. Yeah. another great event, great from event Blizzard good brawl like Yeah excited.
0: Blizzard if they keep doing this now we have gotten to a cadence where it's like Chinese New Year, Summer Games, um Halloween, Revenge, uh, Winter Wonderland, like we have a solid rotation of seasonal events. Yeah. And if I'm going to be spending this much money every single time they do one, I'm going to need Blizzard to slow it down. We don't need one every month. <laughs> we don't yeah. need right. a Valentine's. Like, Day they they
2: already me, said they give weren't me a doing quarter. it. They already said they weren't doing a Valentine's Day one. Okay,
0: that's great. That's because good. Valentine's Day is always where people lose me destiny lost me on
2: valentine's
1: day i don't know why destiny would even bother because
2: that was the wasn't that when the referral thing started or was that after because i feel like okay because i thought they timed it with the referral because no okay
0: it was just a doubles event okay you'd get a bonus by playing with the same person so it was like okay um crimson doubles was that game mode but everything was looked like chocolate and valentine's and pink and that's not what I want out of Destiny. I right. want badass, desolate armor. like, like
1: Explosions everywhere. Right. Just
0: looking like I'm taking... I want that. I don't want to look like
2: I fell End into... Of that I shot it. Asshole? Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the better way to put it.
2: <laughs> All right.
0: So, up next, um, speaking of updates, we have Pokemon Bank just got an update this to support Pokemon Sun and Moon, and I believe the eShop versions of Red, Blue, and Yellow, but I'm not 100% sure yet. But I have seen some articles about Missing No. Yeah, finding his way I saw into, that. I haven't well, watched s- anything
1: yet. Well, okay, so the thing with uh, Missing No is people have like transferred it from Red and Blue and put it into Sun and Moon, but the only thing that it does, doesn't go into your game, it will trade over to the next Pokemon on its left, and permanently change its name. So, like, if you had a tentacle next to a squirtle, that tentacle will be named Squirtle, and what it, and that squirtle will be named Missing No, until you, like, give it a nickname or whatever. So Missing No won't come into your game. Okay, it's that makes pretty sense. pretty much pointless.
0: So, are they, there's no way to use the actual Game Boy versions of Red and Blue yeah, yeah. to connect all the way to 3DS. The oldest game, the farthest you can go back with every, all the tools we have right now is, uh, ruby, sapphire, emerald, fire red, leaf green. So the advanced versions. Yeah, because you can transfer those Pokemon up to, like, diamond, pearl, then gold, soul, silver, and then up even further to, like, black and white, and black white, black two, white two, and then up to, uh, XY, well, into Pokemon Bank Bank. at that point. And then Pokemon Bank, you can take them into sun and moon. Right. So, um... I posed an ethical question to you guys uh, in our first take of this episode. of Should I steamroll the rest of Pokemon Sun? Because I'm about, as far as I can tell, because I have the guidebook, but I'm not going any farther than I a page behind where I actually am in the game, just to avoid spoilers. So I can go back and get any items that I feel like I need to get out of that last area, right. or catch any Pokemon that I feel like I want. But I won't be spoiled on because a lot of things have come out of the blue at points in that game in a way that has made me appreciate that game more than I've appreciated Pokemon games in the past. Right. Okay. So, but so many things are taking up my time right now. I just got uh Rampa, which is one of apparently the best Vita games on my Vita because it was on sale. And I got uh, Gravity Rush 2 just came out. <laughs> You guys always throw me off. I'll, like, I'll hear something happen, and I'm like, okay, I got this. We're going. And then you guys' faces will just completely break me. <laughs> <laughs> Every single time. But yeah, so I just got audience. Napa on sale. I just got uh, Gravity Rush <laughs> 2. I, I have Kingdom Hearts 2.8 on the way. Tomorrow will be a week. Well, today is a week since I paid for the game. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow will be a week since the game came out. And I pre-ordered the game. So I should have gotten it the day it came out from Amazon. I still don't have that game
1: a full
0: seven days later. Uh, They said come back tomorrow, since it'll be a week late tomorrow. And they'll give me more options. So either, like, I don't know. I've been trying to, like, follow the breadcrumb trail of, like, apparently it has two tracking numbers. And it was with DHL, and now it's with... USPS, but USPS apparently doesn't have it, but DHL has already like... Delivered it? Transferred it to them. So, according to Amazon, it hasn't been delivered, and tomorrow they said they'll give me more options on what to do. So, maybe I'll get that game for free? Or maybe Damn. I'll get two copies. And if I get two copies, I'll give Jalen a copy because you have access to a copy, and I'll have a copy, and so Jalen will be the only one, and we can all play 2.8. True. True. Have a good podcast, like a spoiler cast on the...
1: Oh. State of Kingdom
2: Hearts. Yeah.
1: Try to tell the story that's I actually, almost impossible to tell. I think I
2: got it. I think I got it. I think <laughs> I could pull that off. We should probably
0: wait until 1.5 plus 2.5 comes out on PS4. That's the collection with the first six games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then 2.8 is just like the last few pieces that are needed to be in one place to tr- like transition us into... Three. Three. So 1.5 and 2.5 have been out on PS3, but they're coming to PS4 next month. Yeah, yeah. March. March. Oh, yeah. And so when those come out, uh, I look forward to at least playing a good bit of those. Yeah. They're free trophies for watching the cutscenes, so I'll get like cert- a couple of the games as just the cutscenes, but that'll give me story context and I'll play as much of them as I can because Kingdom Hearts has always been a franchise that I've wanted to get into. Right, so, I mean, you've yeah. always
1: enjoyed, it came out when what we were like 13, 12. We well, I didn't have a PS2 then, I didn't oh, get a PS2 till high school. Yeah, I played Kingdom yeah. Hearts 1 when it first came out, it was just a fun game to play. Yeah. Yeah, you realize how bad it is. I'm going to say right
2: now, Kingdom Hearts 1 does not... After you play Kingdom Hearts 2 or Birth by Sleep, playing Kingdom Hearts 1 is rough. That's what I look
0: forward to playing again, Birth by Sleep. Like... Playing Birth by Sleep on my PS4 sounds like a plan. It's so
2: rough just because (laughs) they just made Sora move so much better. Yeah. To and onward. Like, he just physically moves better. True.
0: Well, I don't have too much context because I've played... Kingdom Hearts 1, 2, over 2, um, and Birth by Sleep. But I haven't done a, a deep enough dive into any of those games to have any context for, like, like comparison sake. So I feel like I could go back to Kingdom Hearts 1, remember where I was, because I feel like I've played the most of Kingdom Hearts 1. Yeah. So I feel like I could go back there, have the context for that, and then actually see the improvements, because I'll literally have everything Kingdom Hearts on two different discs and just be able to play them on my PS4, which is my primary console.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that works.
0: And do those games, do you think those games would translate well to remote play? Because I've been remote playing a lot.
2: Uh, I mean... Yeah, I, they're... Yeah. Is there yeah. any
0: L2, R2, L1, or... or not L1. Ooh. L2, R2. Ooh. Yeah, because that's your lock-on. That's your lock-on. Yeah. yeah,
2: L1's your lock-on.
0: No, L, I'll L1.
2: have
0: L1 and R1. L won't have... L2, R2, L3, and R3. So I won't be able to push in the sticks or have the triggers, but I'll have everything else.
1: And I think you, you might be fine. fine. Yeah. Certain games, certain JRPGs. Com- can you bring your computer?
0: Well, it's just more convenient for me on my Vita because it's easier for me to transport around my PS4 than my computer. So if yeah. I'm going to be playing on a controller, I'm going to be playing on a controller. Right. But for as far as taking my Vita or playing it, like sharing my TV with my girlfriend like I will play things on my Vita like it's great for JRPGs yeah so and then also like games that were previously on mobile so Lara Croft Go runs worse on Vita but if I'm running it on my PS4 and I'm remote playing it on my Vita still the same deal but just like
1: it's gonna play better
0: yeah it's just gonna run better less low time alright so we got kind of far away from Pokemon Bank. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, you were trying to beg the question of whether you should run through it with your bringing all your Pokemon in from...
0: Yeah, because I've definitely imported some, like, all, most of the Legendary from the events for the trent- 20th anniversary. And then I have level 100s from, um, like, old Pokemon games. Because I feel like when Pokemon Bank first came out, I was really trying to get all of my Pokemon into Bank just so I'd know what I'd have going into Sun and Moon. And then when I found out Sun and Moon wasn't going to have it initially, I was like, that's actually kind of good, so I can experience these games. Um, So I think I'm going to finish... You guys convinced me to finish Sun's story.
2: Yeah, finish Sun's story, and then then just roll Like, Get
1: the whole experience, don't ruin it. Yeah, And
2: just face roll Moon and have fun
1: with it. Because
0: I got them both, so... Right. And I haven't even touched Moon. Like, it hasn't even been in my 3DS yet, so we'll do that all right um keeping with our theme this episode of updates um jalen uh world of warcraft just had its big 7.2 patch uh
2: not yet uh they're going down for maintenance tomorrow which is usually the maintenance before a patch and 7.2 is a lot uh for pve so in case you just would rather work with people than beat the snot out of them we got a new raid with ten new bosses called the Tomb of Sargeras. So this is like the big Legion plot raid that we got here. Like this is like a lot of the plot that's been leading up to at this point. We get uh, a new dungeon called the Cathedral of Eternal Night. You know, a little five man fun. A uh, totally new zone, new zone called the Broken Shore, which. If you've played Legion, you haven't gone back to since the Legion opening quest. Okay. So when you first start in Legion, so let's say you started playing, you use your level 100 character boost, you start off at a little scenario at the Broken Shore. You're fighting off demons and you're doing all that before things go terribly, terribly wrong and you have to run back to your major city. So that's going to be an actual zone that we get to go back to. And then there's Flying Mounts are finally coming back to Legion. So, we get to fly everywhere, and because of that, they're finally adding class mounts. That looks sick.
0: So, could you not use flying mounts anymore? What, like, let's say I was playing, let's say I find my old World of Warcraft account, where I think the last thing I did was get a flying mount. What, what would, okay. what's the problem with using you, that mount in Legion?
2: Uh, you, basically what Blizzard did is you have to learn the flying skill, And they did not add the skill to the last expansion, Warlords of Draenor, like that skill just wasn't in there. So you just couldn't fly. And then with Legion, there's a quest line where it's like, we're going to teach you how to fly in this crazy area.
0: Okay, so you just, what would happen? Did the talent go away? No, 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 you you could not fly in those areas. You could
2: just not fly in those areas. So it's like, if you're in like Draenor, you just couldn't fly in Draenor. If you were in Legion, you just couldn't fly in Legion. Everything up there, you could fly and have fun. And it's good time to not flying since those class mounts are sick. Like, I can't get over how cool those class mounts are. Because they're specific for your class. Like, I play a lot of priests, so I get, like, this weird flying owl thing. It's, like, half owl, half, like, weird lion thing. It's just amazing. Dope. It's dope. And they all fly. Like, if you play as a rogue, you get a crow. Oh. You just get a giant crow to fly around on. It's just really so, and may just get a flying carpet. It's just a bunch of really, really dope mounts. Okay. And then if you're, but if you're more into PVP, Blizzard saw how much fun we had with like brawls and Heroes of the Storm and Overwatch. So yeah. they added brawls to Legion for PVP. So nice. we have South Shore versus Tarn Mill, which is just a large scale team deathmatch. match. Um, just a little bit of context for that. Back in the day, so I'm talking about Vanilla up to, like, Cataclysm. If you were playing on a PvP realm where there's world PvP, once you hit Tarn Mill, you'd get ganked by someone. And just curb stomp repeatedly by someone who's at the level cap. Like, that's just what used to happen. <laughs> you go to South Shore as an alliance player, some undead Rogue would just annihilate you. That's just what happened. So they took that old piece of player history and made it into, a, like, a giant game mode.
1: Nice, all right.
2: And then they added, like instant cap warsong gulch which is their version of capture the flag it used to be you can only cap a flag if you had your flag Mm -hmm. now it's like nope just run it and
0: so like overwatch yeah it's
2: more like yeah it's more like that and then they've added um 15 versus 15 player arena so that's gonna be nuts
0: imagine if they made overwatch like they had a 12v12 mode in overwatch
1: Uh,
2: yeah oh no no just just understand how big the chaos the biggest arena match you can have now is 5v5 okay. so we're talking about three times
0: so imagine a tripled overwatch game that'd
2: be- yeah that'd be ridiculous. nothing but a def- yeah and the rules of arenas once you're dot dead you're dead like you don't come back
1: it so it's a elimination so it's elimination
2: it's still gonna be chaos because you have warlocks making people run around like idiots shadow priests are like killing everybody You have healers in the back trying really really hard i mean yeah to keep like a lot more
1: aspects it's
2: gonna be nuts
0: yeah but it were kind of uh hearing that makes me think of eight player smash like everybody eight player smash always starts off as chaos but then like as it dwindles down it gets it always ends up getting back to that who actually knows how to play smash right yeah and
2: that's left and right and that's what it's going to be in with the 15 player, 15 versus 15 arena. It's just going to be, who can kill the healers first? Because in PvP, healers can almost heal through anything.
1: I mean, that's why you always attack the Mercy first.
2: Yep. And this is... <laughs> oh, no, this gets worse. Because imagine Mercy with Nano Boost. Oh, no. Because <laughs> that's, no, that's basically a Resto Shaman. It's a Mercy with Nano Boost. Because you have an ability called Heroism slash Bloodlust all the haste you could want, and especially since a lot of spells now could be cast while moving, it's just gonna be who can kill the healers, then who can kill the... I guess the ranged DPS or something. It's just gonna be... If you can kill your enemy healers first, then you basically win.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
2: And then they added Eye of the Horn, which is Eye of the Storm, which is this big territory map. Mm -hmm. Like, there's three... There's, like six points you could capture and you gain points for each one you cap over a certain amount of time except now this is on mountain combat you're sitting on a ram the entire time so it's looking that a lot of these brawls are just going to be a bunch of goofy fun little things
1: you can do just have fun playing world of warcraft
0: yeah i mean use uh assets you have to make Mm. new content that's always like a good thing to do like yeah a little while after you have release an expansion yeah. use like certain new things certain old things like bring them out in fresh new ways and that always seems to work well for Blizzard especially yeah, yeah. They, and
2: World of Warcraft was the franchise that really needed it because I was playing Warlords of Draenor but then I fell off because it was just like oh I don't really have anything to do for a while because I want to say Warlords of Draenor only got like two, one or two new raids the entire year it was out Dang. and Legion were only like Two, three months in and we already got our second raid. Like, this will be the second raid we got. So, things are looking pretty good for Legion right now. And then they made artifact changes. So, the whole artifact system... So, the whole thing with Legion is they want your class to be the class. So... You get your own little hall, so you have your own little like zone for it's just rogues or just mages or just priest, mm-hmm. and so you get an artifact weapon, which is always going to be a weapon from like the series past. So if you're playing paladin, you get um, Ashbringer, like in the lore. I told that was you that a...
0: game, that sword. I told Jalen, in probably literally elementary school. Back when that I first started, one day he's like, Ashbringer will literally never be in World of Warcraft. I said. Give it time, and Ashbringer one day would be in World of Warcraft, and I feel like what is this? Ten years later? Yeah. That finally Ash Ashbringer <laughs> <Ashbringer's being, laughs> in that game. You can get it, I and feel it's like dope. It slightly convinced me towards buying Legion because just class
2: mounts and Ashbringer. I
0: care not about said class mounts. Class mounts. I care about <laughs> Ashbringer
2: i get that and then but also another thing is depending on like what talent you're using so might as well call it a subclass because that's what it is it will change your artifact will be different based off your subclass because different subclasses need different perks like for example paladins which got assbringer they tank heal and dps and they all use entirely different weapons like tanking and healing use swords and shields use a weapon and a shield and DPS is a two, giant two-handed sword or whatever. So it's like it, you get a different artifact based off your class if need be, all right. which is all right, really dope. Cool.
0: Okay, so moving over from old games that got updates that made them better, we're switching over to an all-new game. Um, dun, dun,
1: dun, dun.
0: Chris, just how many times have you beaten Resident Evil Seven at this point?
1: Uh, I would have to say three times. Two, two times. times. Um, I'm in the process of my third time on my own without Dylan, my roommate, um, but we're also in the process of playing their hardest difficulty, which is Madhouse.
0: Okay, and what does that mode um, entail?
1: That mode, okay, so in regular gameplay, you can pretty much get away. If you get caught from like any of the ma- family members, really only Jack is the one who's like following you around the entire time, but you can pretty much get away and hide madhouse if you get caught he's going to be able to outrun you in any scenario and you have a two hit limit and you're dead resident evil 7 on vr maybe after my third run through it without vr i would be able to since i can anticipate everything but this game is legitimately scary it's like as if like Kojima went to Capcom after getting fired and said, this is PT, do this. And then Capcom was like, cool. Then threw their own Resident Evil spin on it. It's so good. And I don't want to give anything away, but... So in Resident Evil 7, you're playing as a guy named Ethan. And you're trying to save your girlfriend, who has apparently been gone for three years and you can't move on.
2: Alright, James Sutherland, 2.0.
1: I'm ready for this. Right. And you end up at this, like house in the middle of the, like, swamp lands of Louisiana, which Capcom did a very good job of, like, capturing the beauty of just, like, this entire area, and they did such a well, well job at, like, designing everything. Just wanted to shout out to that. All right. And um, just, like, the suspense that you're having this, like, of the game, you're you're trying to go around this house and finding all these items, which they actually brought back. Like, you have to find keys. So, it's kind of like the first couple of games where you have to find certain keys to get through certain doors, yeah. which they didn't have in like five and six. So, they're going back to their roots. But you're also having this like giant dude or like one of the other people of the family like chase you around this house to make you like rush yourself. So, you're probably going to miss everything.
0: Okay. So, um,. You're making it sound like a mix between the original two Resident Evils, which were basically adventure games with a shooter wrapper around them. So, like, point-and-click adventure games like the LucasArts games or Double Fine games. You're making it sound like Resident Evil 1 and 2, but then you're making it sound like they have the nemesis from 3.
1: It Yeah, it pretty but much then, does have the nemesis but from then 3. Like but you don't have the option of being like, run away or fight him. No, you... So he's got the sensibilities
2: of outlasted with it, too. Yeah, yeah, you're better off
1: just running for your life. They've kind of outdone themselves because he, like, in Madhouse mode, it's one hit kill from him. And you're going down narrow hallways down this mansion and you can't get around him. So you're going to have to, like, backtrack, go through, like, random rooms throughout the house just to get to where you need to be.
0: Okay. So, a lot of the things I saw pre-release of this game were indoors. So the demo I know took place indoors. I know everything that I've seen has been indoors. But you're saying they ta- tackled the atmosphere of um, Louisiana. So you go Yeah, outside. there are
1: certain parts once you like you go out into the back of the mansion and there's a part of the mansion where it's like there's like a little lake house that's like and that's where you will fight the next boss you would go after, that one. And it'll be, like, the lake house, so you'll have the marshlands, and you'll have, like, there's trailers, and you have to, like, go through that sort of environment. It's not necessarily, it's mostly 99% inside, but you do get to see, like, the outside world.
0: Okay, because I know horror is a lot harder to do outdoors. Like, if it's swampland, like, I'm sure there'll be trees, and it's probably at nighttime Yeah, it's yeah. a horror game. But I know it's just, in general, harder to do horror in outdoor settings, in indoor settings, in movies, video games, anything. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: I did like the fact that the demo was in the middle of the day, though. Like, the demo was just in the middle of the day.
1: Yeah. There, everything, once but the, everything but the When VCR you arrive as Ethan, it's daytime.
0: Okay, so So you're just stuck not, in that house for hours. It's not like Outlast, where you come in and it's already dark, and it just stays dark.
1: No, you're there for, like, days on end. Okay. That's what, like, as time progression, if you want to say...
2: Okay, do herbs still work, or like herbs
1: still? Yeah, they. I mean, herbs still work, so obviously. It's like, so you, so you like, can, so, so like,
2: like, so you go from like a, and so if you get hit once and you managed, and let's say you just by the grace of God you just managed to get away, you could use a green herb to like set your t- counter back to two instead of like being like right. They you're not your like
1: game, you're automatically. It's like every single Resident Evil game. You're going to be able to heal yourself no matter what. It's what I mean. They've always had herbs in there, but like. If you say in a boss battle and you're trying to run away, sometimes you don't have enough time to be able to heal yourself every single time. And since it is Madhouse, you are very, very limited on healing. Okay,
0: but is it permadeath or is it just like this game was just hard? It, so it's not you die and you
1: start over? Or? Uh, it's, no, you don't start over from the beginning. You start over from, well, there's like very limited. This save... This game mode also like brings in because the regular game mode you can save whenever you want as long as you get to like a cassette save mode like a cassette tape. So it's like what the typewriter from like, the OG, like the typewriter, but they made it to a cassette tape player this time. They give you a certain amount of cassettes and madhouse mode to where that's all you get to save, and then sometimes they'll like auto save, but that's very limited. I think I've seen it auto save twice. And we're, like, almost through the second boss of it, which is pretty much almost halfway through the game. All right. But to talk about the actual game, the, um, the story mode is completely different from any Resident Evil. It doesn't, like, you don't actually find out, like, how this story ties in until about last five seconds of the game when you have this crazy ending that me who has played since one I've extraordinarily appreciated and freaked out but someone who hasn't would be like oh okay so I heard um, that
0: something did you play all of the demos and everything leading up did you play all of the updates to the demo yes okay so apparently there's some payoff at the end of the game I don't want to spoil anything because most of the people listening to our podcast probably haven't played and beaten it just because it's so soon since it released and neither of us, I intend to play it at some point but
2: Yeah, I intend to play it soon
0: Yeah, but I mean I have just piles and piles of games that I need to at least play like I deleted Tomb Raider Definitive Edition off my PS4 the other day Mm -hmm. and then I re-downloaded it because I was like, I want I wanted to play this game, like I bought this game for a reason, this isn't just like a oh I bought this game
1: Just to have this game.
0: Right. I bought this game because it was a good price, and this was a game I wanted to play since PS3, but then I heard it was coming to next-gen consoles, and it was, like, right... I want to say it came out right before I got my PS4, and then I was... I had something occupying me on PS3. I got my PS4, and then it was just all, like... All the launch titles, and then PS4, my backlog's just been snowballing ever since. Yeah,
2: just doesn't stop, and... I've been trying to get through my backlog, so I've been playing like a lot of the games that I just have saved. So, is Resident Evil would Resident Evil be that game that the moment I get my hands, it's just gonna completely take over and just backlog is just irrelevant now? Like this is just the game I'm gonna be playing.
1: It to me, I mean, as uh, much as like we've all played Overwatch so much, and like even y'all talked about like Overwatch stopped us from playing game or buying games irrationally. We've consistently been playing it. Since the day it dropped, the hour a GameStop opened up that we could go buy it. This game has, I think I played enough Overwatch to get the one skin, Zenyatta skin, that I really, really wanted. And I was like, okay, I haven't even put Overwatch back into my system. It has taken up so much of my time. This game has literally made 5 and 6 look like they don't, don't even exist. This is a soft reboot from Capcom, and they did such a good job. Yeah. Good to hear. Good without to hear. even, like, trying.
0: This year has been the comeback of the Japanese studio, in my opinion. Because, I mean, yeah. it's just so far this year, we've gotten major releases from Capcom, Square Enix. Like we, Towards the end of last year, we started ramping up Final Fantasy fifteen, World of Final Fantasy, Dragon Quest Builders. And we have, like... Early this year, we have Kingdom Hearts 2.8, Resident Evil, we have... Um,
2: Square Enix is dropping um, near Automata in, like, March.
0: Yeah, near's coming, then we have King, more Kingdom Hearts coming, and then we also have, I think, Final Fantasy XV's DLC plan is going to start rolling out. So, I mean, as far as, like, just, like, bra... Like, we're getting good Japanese games, we're getting high-end, but we're also getting B-tier games, which is, like, Gravity Rush 2 is... By no. Anyone who argues that Gravity Rush 2 is a triple A game is delusional. And as one of the biggest fans of Gravity Rush in the room, I know it's a B tier game. Like, that's not one of those games. Like, I started, like, just not caring about the story at certain parts in the original Gravity Rush. Because, I mean, you're playing that game for the minute to minute gameplay. You're not playing that game to have these grand revelations. And Gravity Rush 2 is heavier on story from what I've seen so far, but it's still, for the most part, I could have ignored all the story up until where I'm at, and, like, I probably would have been okay.
1: Yeah, I feel that. One thing about Resident Evil 7 that they did really well is actually make, for pretty much, maybe the first time since, like, the first couple of, or maybe first three games, actually made the story make sense. Even though you're, like, you don't, like, can... Continuously tell that it's like okay you're playing as Chris Redfield and you're trying to fight Wesker again it's like you're playing as an unknown character who's trying to save his girlfriend from this house of like crazed people and you're trying to figure out what's going on with this family and the way that Capcom actually tied this all in together and how they got infected and how it all ties in with Umbrella was just done so well for the first time to me that made this like I think that Capcom is actually stepping up this year and actually trying their heart out.
2: I'm happy that they're keeping their promise because last year after everyone found out that Street Fighter Five got outsold by Pokin Tournament yeah Pokin Tournament, Capcom said that they were going to do better about their licenses and stuff and it seems like this year is going to be true. We got Marvel vs. Capcom coming out this year. and yeah. then Actually, speaking of fighting games, I got to play the Injustice 2 beta. Oh,
0: you say you got into
2: the beta? That's cool. Oh, that game is fun. Like, Supergirl is fun. But um, if you played a lot of Injustice 1, Superman and Batman play exactly the same. So it's like if you were a Superman or a Batman player, you can jump right back in. But... I've been having a lot of fun with Supergirl, like her gimmick button is her eye lasers, because unlike Superman, who basically just does his eye lasers as his like Hadouken, his ranged attack, Right. Supergirl, if you hold down her gimmick button, it will use the entire bar. She can walk and fire her laser, so she can actually use that to approach you if you're trying to zone her out.
1: Nice. Is that beta still up for grabs? Can you go download that now?
2: Uh, not yet. I was lucky enough. This is probably the third Warner Brothers beta I've managed to get into. Mm -hmm. So I got lucky that I got into it a little early, but they're still rolling out more people into it. So it's probably going to be a minute.
0: Yeah, I feel like if you really tried to get the beta, you could get in, because that's usually how it is. The only beta that I have wanted to play that I didn't get to play since this generation has started, has been the beta for um, Mirror's Edge Catalyst. I didn't get to try that beforehand, and I, now that I have that game, uh, I need to see how many hours it's going to take to beat, because I feel like that game is one of those one two sitting games. Like I did um, Titanfall that way. I want to start doing more games where I just sit down and beat them, and don't really care about trophies, don't really care about platinuming them, just beat the games. I'll get trophies out of it, and like experience that game and delete it right i deleted gravity rush one off of my ps4 because i couldn't download the new let it die update and i was like i feel like let it die is more important than the original gravity rush right now i feel like that's the game i could actually get back into where i have gravity rush 2 where i can play that anytime so i'm i'm probably never going back to gravity rush one and the last thing we're going to talk about for this week's episode is The big Nintendo Switch reveal that's happened. And I feel like at this point we've all had enough time to digest all the information. And all of the smaller announcements about more like launch title games and things to convince us. Um, Well, to start off, are any of us planning on getting the Switch within the first month? Because I think pre-orders are gone for now. And I'm not sure if we're going to get another wave of pre-orders before march because we have one
2: more month till the launch so i'm gonna go with no because just because the next three months just game wise of stuff that i just want to play on my playstation alone is huge this uh February is horizon march is mass effect and near automata feb aug april. april is persona 5 and that's the game I've been waiting Multiple, uh, yeah. like a solid couple of years for. It. It's like, I can't, it. I can't I <laughs> can't pretend like I'm going to spend the money on this console when there's at least one game that I want a month, at minimum.
0: Right, I could spend the amount of money I'd spend on a Switch and Breath of the Wild, and... Well, I think I'd probably just get a Switch and Breath of the Wild, and I'd probably get clips because that seems pretty good. I wouldn't get anything like 1-2-Switch, um, and the launch lineup is terrible like it's like eight games strong which is completely bad compared to how PS4 and Xbox 1 and P- PS3 and Xbox 360 like all of these consoles have had like 20 plus launch titles and but
1: they weren't really good launch titles but
0: i mean we'd still and also wonder- we don't have we have one good game looking like it's coming out at launch and that is Breath of the Wild and then it looks like we won't have anything else good until Splatoon 2 and then we won't have anything else decent until Mario Odyssey. Right.
2: Yeah, that's why I, I personally just don't believe in buying a console the first like six months to I a mean, year it came out. Like, I didn't buy my PS4 until what? A year afterwards?
0: Count mine a week later. Yeah,
2: I, I waited a year for it because I just want a good library of games that I want. True. And then also I mean, let them get whatever bugs that show up the first couple of months get ironed out.
1: Yeah, right. there's mm-hmm. a extraordinarily way too many games that I want for my PS4 that I think I would have more time spending on and enjoying my and summer just, than just dropping 360 And not bucks. just that,
2: but also, I'm happy I didn't get the first iteration of the PS4, like, at this time. Yours is only a year older than mine, and isn't yours, like, on its last leg?
0: I feel like it's been bouncing back more now that I've been cleaning it more regularly. I feel like it's not as, like, jet-engine-y at times, but also... Now, I feel like, I don't know if this is just my imagination and, like, the load times have always been this long, or I feel like my PS4 is slowing down.
2: See, and mine is just chugging along fine, Haven't noticed a thing. I just, I mean, I yeah, dusted every once. a year ago, so. Yeah, it's one of those, like, I, his is only a year older than mine, on his last leg. Right. I, and he bought his when it came out. And that's why I don't believe in buying the first version of anything, really except for like a game, because patches are a thing.
1: Right. That can be fixed.
0: And I mean, I could spend the entire asking price of a Switch on just PS4 games, and to me, even the games that I look appealing to me on the Switch, um, Breath of the Wild, Splatoon 2, I can play Splatoon 1 and Breath of the Wild on my Wii U and be perfectly fine. And I could probably buy a gamepad. They're looking like they're coming down in price again because it seems like more people are selling their Wii U's to get money for a Switch so last time we recorded uh, Wii U gamepads alone we're going for $300 which is the same price as the Switch on launch and my Wii U has a broken gamepad that I've tried to get repaired no I didn't try and get it repaired yet I tried to get a replacement and then I got a- the replacement and the replacement was broken so I sent it back and gave up temporarily because PS4 games ha started happening again and I think that was around the time that uh, No Man's Sky was coming out and I th- thought that I would legitimately get into that game. I legitimately Back when we all it. thought
2: that game was going to be really good.
0: I mean it's passable. It's not really bad. Most people make it seem really bad. I think we talked about this on the last episode though so we're not gonna Great. talk about No and No Man's Sky is not gonna be our running topic. Um, it doesn't deserve it. Um, but, so, Nintendo's event, none of us are buying it on launch, no. um, anybody think they're getting it for holiday?
2: M- I might. That might be the time, but I'd probably just end up waiting to like, summer of next year, honestly. It
1: depends. I mean, the Scorpio is set to a launch on holiday, and that's something I'm ready to hear more about the specs on the Scorpio and what Xboxes might have to offer.
2: Yeah, I feel um, like I mean, as a PC guy myself, the Scorpio doesn't appeal to me just because a lot of the last the last couple of like really major Xbox games have been for Windows. Oh, so yeah. it's like
0: everything going forward. Is yeah. So it's, of one of, so it's one
2: of those. Why buy a Scorpio when I could just have a really good PC, which would just be better for me in general?
1: Well, yeah, as a consumer, they're probably not going after you. As yeah. a PC gamer, there are people who are like, I specifically play consoles because I feel like more comfortable playing games on consoles.
0: Yeah, I'd, th- I'd, pr- I'd quicker buy a Scorpio than go and invest in a gaming PC, but I feel right. like I, I want to get a PS4 Pro in April, in the next couple of months get a PS4 Pro, uh, get that up to a 2 terabyte hybrid drive, because now hybrid drives are within the price range that it's not crazy to want one. Yeah um, so that'll ha- speed up my console because of the SSD partition and then I'll have the added horsepower of the pro. So I feel like that will last me like
1: another three years, probably, hopefully. Well I mean, I, I'd hope so, spending that much money.
2: Yeah, but remember, a console. a console generation other than the PS3 Xbox generation, they're only about four years. like that generation was just really, really long. I mean, if I buy PS4 Well, okay,
1: a PS4 I mean, Pro. the Pro came out in November, what, uh, um, October, November of yeah. last year, so it's not even a year old yet, so yeah, easily would last four years.
0: Yeah, well, even if, to combat the Scorpio, let's say the Scorpio comes out and it feels like the next generation of Xbox, it makes the Pro look like a piece of garbage. Right. Let's say that does happen. I'd get my PS4 Pro and I'd happily, if Sony announced the PlayStation 5 or the PS, like, an actual competitor or, like, successor, the competitor to Scorpio or a successor to the PS4, I'd be happy to buy it next year. As long as, which PlayStation seems to be getting right and Xbox, everybody seems to be proofing themselves for the next uh, generational console shift by, like, let I think everything will be backwards compatible because everything is x86 architecture. It's no more problems of, like, oh, well, you can't play PS3 games because those require a cell processor, and we're not going to put those in PlayStation Fours just because it doesn't right. make any sense. Um, so,
2: But also, the number one reason why I'm not sold on the Scorpio, or excited for the Scorpio, really, is just because I don't see any games for it. Like, I don't see, like, how... I To me, a console is supposed to, it's supposed to be sell me a console by showing me the games and that's the reason why i've never been excited for xbox for a while because it's just one of those i never felt like they had the games for that and i get that first party games or just going down like studios aren't doing them as much anymore because it hurts your numbers you're like you're going to get more numbers going for a going for multi-platform than you would have for as an exclusive but still i don't see like actual games for the xbox that i would want. Yeah, as far
0: as exclusives go... I mean, Nintendo has the strongest library of exclusives. But Mm, if you don't care about exclusives this generation, it makes more sense to go with PlayStation because that console will run your games better, typically. So if you're going third-party and you don't have a PC and you're playing, let's say you play Battlefront and Destiny and Call of Duty and all of these games like this, it'd be better to play on PlayStation because A, they're going to run better and B, a lot of those games had exclusive content on PlayStation or early access to content.
2: Speaking of that, that's the new exclusive now. It's more about getting early content. It's not about the game itself because studios need to make that money.
0: Right. EA and Activision won't let you get their game as an exclusive, but they will let you get exclusive DLC.
2: Or get DLC early. like.
0: Just... And that's the way to, because they, Call of Duty... Everybody who has an Xbox One is still probably on the Call of Duty bandwagon.
1: Um, I mean, yeah, that's what's been happening since Xbox 360. But Everyone on 360,
0: Activision would put out the packs 30 days early on Xbox. And right. I remember as playing Call of Duty on PS3, being a, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That it sucked, but like now people on Xbox One, everybody I talked to as the Xbox One who were Call of Duty players, um, a lot of them want to switch to PS4 or would switch to PS4 just because Call of Duty now is 30 days early on PlayStation. And the Pro League is going on right now, or just ended or something, and that is being done entirely on PlayStation 4, so... To have competitive gaming that is catering to everything's catering to PlayStation 4 now. Evo's catering to PlayStation 4. I
1: mean, that's but also, that's just like right now. But also, I mean, the
2: thing with Evo is remember, Street Fighter 5 is basically a PS4 c- exclusive. It's on PC, but just for the way it runs, it's a PS4 exclusive. So
0: yeah, and most of the PlayStation has always been better about supporting fighting games than Xbox, and I don't even think Killer Instinct is on the Evo.
2: No, Killer Instinct is very popular in Evo.
0: Well, this year, uh, the roster was announced. Actually, I ha- should have it on my phone. But the roster of games for Evo w- were announced. And I guess we could add this as part of the podcast. Um, but I believe all of the games, you can run them on a PS4 except for Smash. Um, so we have Tekken 7, Street Fighter Five, Smash Bros. Wii U, Guilty Gear, Exord 2. Uh, King of Fighters 14, Injustice 2, Blaze Blue. I can't even read that. Central Fiction. You sure that's... It's
2: Central Fiction. It's the new version. Okay. They just used that at uh, Frosty Fostings, the last, like... It's the winter fighting game tournament for the off-season.
0: Okay. And then, rounding it out, they have Melee, and then they have... uh, So those are the first eight games they've announced, and there's a ninth game that the community's going to vote on.
2: Which is probably going to be Killer Instinct.
0: I really hope it's Skullgirls. Just because uh competitive seeing really high level fighting game players play Skullgirls would be extremely interesting
2: or or the only other game i could see taking that spot if which i don't expect because i don't see uh marvels capcom coming out before evo which is in like july
1: i mean marvel capcom 3 did come to ps4
2: yeah but i don't see that's Marvel's Capcom 3 has an audience, but a, most of their like really big dogs, like Justin Wong, Jay Wong, like he's some Street Fighter 5 player. He plays Street Fighter now. Yeah. Like a lot of them have moved over to Street Fighter. Like even like the big MKX players have moved on to Street Fighter. Well, but with Injustice 2 coming out, a lot of them are going to be moving back to that. Like yeah,
0: so this I feel like this list um, really helps show. Like, the range of this really has something for everybody who plays fighting games. So if you're a 3D fighting fan, you're playing Tekken 7. If you like the 2D, like, traditional arcade quarter circle, mm-hmm. you have Street Fighter Five. If you want...
2: The anime fighter, you have Blaze Blue. Like, well, that's your BlazBlue anime. BlazBlue
0: and Guilty Gear, I've heard arguments that those should be the two most popular fighting game They
2: should be, but they're not.
0: They deserve it. They
2: des- they just. Des- as someone who's played both like i played a fair amount of blaze blue i've played a fair amount of guilty gear through my life they are some of the best fighting games i ever played but it's one of those it's something about the fact that it's an anime fighter like that shouldn't affect my perception of it cuz they're both like really good it solid games it. but it's just like I feel like I can't physically respect it as much as something like Street Fighter because it's an anime fighter well, and because they do a lot of the anime stuff that I'm just like, eh. You know? It, it has a lot of that modern anime tropes like over-sexualized like, 14-year-old-looking characters and whatnot and all that. It's like, I should respect it because these are like really, really good games. The only anime fighter that I could truly say that I loved was Persona 4 Arena. That's the only oh, anime fighter. Yeah.
0: But that was made by Arc System Works, who makes Blaze Blue.
2: Yeah, it was basically just a Blaze Blue skin of. A Persona skinned Blaze Blue.
0: Which I have no problem with. Um, but you brought up Persona 5 earlier, and I literally keep forgetting that game's coming out, and then I remember that it's coming out, and I have the Collector's Edition pre ordered. Same. And I get filled with joy.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm excited for that game. I just hope they don't delay it a Again, I, don't think it,
0: I don't think they can push it anymore. Okay. I feel like it, if they push it anymore, it'll fall into fall, and then it'll be a whole year yeah. since Japan got that game. And like, we could go online right now, order Persona 5 from Japan, and play through the entirety of that game. And so there should be no reason why. They gave a fair excuse. So Gravity Rush 2 got delayed. They said, okay, fine, we're going to give you all the DLC for free. Persona 5 got delayed, they're like, alright, so we're gonna give you English and Japanese voice tracks, which I don't think they've done in a North American release of a Persona game, ever. Right. So, yeah. we're gonna have the Japanese voice tracks, which kind of makes me worry about the English voice track. It might be terrible, but it's excusable if we get the apparently excellent Japanese voice track. So, they delayed it till April, you guys are gonna, we're gonna get that. Um... I don't think they can push it any farther, but if they push it any farther, you, I might have two copies of Persona 5, right. <laughs> because I might bring it over from Japan just to like... Just
2: to get your hands on it real quick?
0: Yeah, and that's one of those games that I feel like, even after I get my North American copy, it, I could justify buying a Japanese copy, because that game is one of those games that having the Japanese box art on my shelf would probably be pretty killer.
1: Yeah, I feel that.
0: All right, so
1: wrap it up. Wrap it up.
0: All right. Wow. That about wraps it up for this week's episode of the Cheesy Controller Podcast. (laughs) You can find us collectively on Twitter at Cheesy Controller, so that's without the E at the end. So, C-H-E-E-S-E-Y-C-O-N-T-R-O-L-L-R. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and follow us each individually. I'm at Anton Six with Three X's, so A N T O N S I X X
2: X. You can follow me at Squid Underscore Bishop, exactly like it sounds.
1: You can follow me at City Underscore Is My Church.
2: All right,
0: and until next time, we've been in control. Okay,
1: so
2: we're gonna hey. wait, Just wait, for <laughs> Joe.
1: Yeah. Uh, text Joe, I think Joe. We if you are listening, come back inside. Joe! Joe!